Ready, set, go. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. This is the national edition of The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by, as always, Bet365. As promised before the break, former NHL executive and current executive director of the Professional Women's Hockey League Players Association, and my former general manager of the Hartford Whalers. Yes. Berkey, back then when you traded for me, did you ever envision one day this moment right now? Because <laughs> I sure hell didn't. Well, I, I, was, uh, I really enjoyed having you on my team. You were a great player for us. You had, had 17 goals and 300 pims, I want to say. I think I remember. <laughs> That's a hell of a year. Look who I... Got traded by. Yeah, you yeah. had some pressure. The rating yeah. was on the wall. So that team you had Nick on, you called uh, one of your, or maybe your My toughest? toughest team. Who toughest was on team that I had. team? Well, our heavyweight was Jimmy McKenzie. He was the. Oh everyone. yeah. He's the guy everyone was afraid of. Um, Jimmy Agnew. Jimmy Agnew could fight. Mark. Uh, Jansen. Mark Jansen's. Kipper. I mean, we had it. Was, yeah. Sean Burke our, had a screw loose <laughs> yeah, back then. He's a big fella too. He was really good. As a goalie, one of the toughest goalies in the league. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was fun. So how are you? I'm good. Really enjoying I, the job. Love the look. Did we uh, cut a, a lunch short for you I today? I love that you or? came with a proper Berkey well, attire yeah, business today. Business meeting, uh, PWHL meeting. Uh, the women's league has been shot out of a cannon, Berkey. That's been great. The, the women are doing a great job. The league has done a really good job of putting it together. Uh, there have been some issues, but mostly it's been positive, and I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. Have you been surprised by the initial outpouring of support? I think the opening night was 2.9 million viewers for the for the start. I'm, I'm not really surprised. I know people say that, but the fact of the matter is women have never been asked to watch, to pay to watch women play sports. People say, oh, no, Canada, U.S. Well, international is different, and the WNBA took 25 years to get to a break-even point. They lost a lot of money because people have never been asked to pay to watch women play women's sports. Mm-hmm. So women's soccer is the best example, I think. They've started that league now. It's doing great. And soccer's being watched by women playing women, uh, watched by women playing soccer in parts of England and Scotland, and they're drawing well. They're doing, they're doing extremely well. They're drawing well, breaking even. Women's soccer in the U.S., so I'm I'm not surprised. I really think there's been a, a an outlet for this to, that has been provided for people to watch hockey. So what is what was the the delay up until now? Was it just two leagues, Berkey, two leagues? But was it was it okay? The business model of how this is going to ultimately make money. This is what it has to be, right? It just can't be we're out just to support women's hockey. It has to, as a professional league, it has to make money eventually. Yeah. So what is the business model? Because my understanding is one investor basically owns six teams, correct? Correct. That, Single that's, entity. That's, that's good to start, but that's not where you want to finish. Well, to start off, first off, it's a single-entity league. All six teams are owned by one couple, basically. Mark Walter and his wife, Kimber, I believe her name is. I haven't okay. met her. Uh, Billie Jean King and her, her wife are also investors um, in the league. But for the most part, 
It's a single entity. All six franchises are owned by the single entity group that owns the teams, which I think gives us some real flexibility to start. Um, and they have funded this and bankrolled it properly and staffed it properly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I watched women getting ready for women's games where one woman was waiting for two other women while she taped her shin pads. The other two were waiting because there's only one roll of tape. <laughs> Shoelaces, yeah. skate laces, things like that. It was never properly funded, never provided for. Now they've said we're going to staff it properly. Every team has massage therapists. Every team has assistant coaches. Every team has a goalie coach, and they've they financed it. So it's it's the best chance we've had to succeed ever in women's hockey. It sounds expensive to it fund is. it. It is. Is there is there um, like a Will they continue until eventually? I think the game plan is to have uh, independent entities turn around and say, hey, we'll buy a team for $20 million, $30 million, and then piece it off to private ownership. I have not had that discussion with them. That would be the logical place to go because right now you can't buy a team. So we've been approached. I've been approached by people saying we want to buy a team, mm-hmm. put a team in Pittsburgh, say, or, or different places, Buffalo. Um, and I think that's the model down the road. But certainly at this point, the goal is to sell tickets, get this thing to a break-even proposition. There is a salary cap, but it is, uh, it's an expensive proposition to get a league going. So what has your uh, experience been so far heading up the association? The women have not had, as my understanding, any sort of association before. What has been, I guess, taking up the bulk of your time, your experience in working with them, getting this thing functioning? Well, it's a brand, it's brand new league. Everything's brand new. Everything we've done is new. They've had their first shutout. They've had their first disallowed goal. They've had their first, you know, whatever. So we've been going through working out the kinks on here. So, like, for example, we had some problems getting meal money paid on time at the start. Okay, minor hiccup. The league fixed it. So it's been like a shakedown cruise. We've had some travel issues. Um, We had a flight canceled that really messed up the girls' travel from Ottawa to Boston. So there's been the normal hiccups that accompany a new league. But... Overall, it's been terrific. Just been fantastic. The pro- the preparation, the planning that's gone into this has been legendary. We're talking to Brian Burke, now the executive director of the Professional Women's Hockey League. Berkey, uh, one thing that's abundantly clear uh, coming out of the gate is it's a lot more physical than we probably anticipated. According to the rules still, there's no body checking per se, but there's been a ton of contact here to the point where probably looks like you just might as well write in body checking in the rule book. I mean, that is by design, correct? Yes. And, and the fact is, Nikki, you've watched women's hockey. I know that. But I've, people come to me and say, I didn't know how physical it was. I'm like, that's because you haven't been watching. Right. If you'd been watching, you'd know. That's evolved. I remember the first women's hockey I watched in Nagano 25 years ago. And there was, if you touched someone, you got a penalty. It's evolved now to where there's a significant amount of body contact that's permitted, encouraged, and not penalized. And so it's just short of body checking. You see some hits that aren't penalized, and you're saying to yourself, well, even as much as I like it physical, that should have been a penalty. So it's a fine line, but I think the officials have been excellent so far. And how is the... Oh, go ahead. I want to stick with the physical part. I thought you might. Because, you know, here we've been... the last 20 or 30 years arguing that we need fighting because of the, the stick work and the physicality. You know it'll lead to some stick work now. The question is, will it get to the point where the girls are so mad 
that eventually we might see a fight or two. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think that's any part of the selling. Certainly, everyone knows my view on fighting. My view on fighting in men's hockey is, is never too much for me. I've never left a hockey game yet and said, boy, that was too rough for me. I have a very different view. Well, the, the league has systematically reduced the role and the amount of fighting. That's been a good thing. I've, but I it's never still there, still just there. in case they feel like they need to police right. themselves. My, I, I would guess that you're going to see a fight or two. I don't want to see it encouraged. I don't know what the rules. I, I know what the rules say now, but it says five minute penalty, and they have yeah. the option to eject if they yeah. think it continues. Um, and I think you go. It probably will end up being more like a college rule. Like you fight yeah. in college. Like when I played college hockey, you get kicked out of that game and the next game. So I, I would predict that's the way we're going with it. So there won't, there's very little fighting in college hockey. It does happen. You're going to see at some point two athletes get mad enough they could fight, but it's not something we want to encourage. Okay, so well, knowing you well enough as I do, you don't want to encourage it publicly. Well, but no, no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not winking. I'm not no winking winks. when I tell you that. No winks. Okay. But also, like, visors okay. would be necessary at that point, right? Like, I wonder well, if you... They've, they've, they've got facial protection now, so... Yeah. It's, it's not, that's not, the, I can tell you this, that is not the way that my players are telling me this is the way it's going to go, and I would speak for them if it were. It's going to be some type of, it would be a rare instance when you see fighting in women's hockey. I know there's a laundry list of things we want to get to, so just one last quick question um, on this topic and all the rules that have changed. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, the unique penalty kill? You score a shorthanded goal and it kills the power play. Three, two, one standings. There are some unique rules. The players voted for that, like that. How did that come to pass, and do you like them? That was all done before I had any say on anything. So mm-hmm. I, I think the, the taking away power plays just doesn't inherently, to me, doesn't make sense. Sure. So, okay, you score a goal. You've already scored a shorthanded goal. Now we're going to kill that power play. That doesn't make sense to me. But the league put it in. People like it. That's fine with me. It's not a big enough factor I think it's going to be a major factor in the rules. Sure. The scoring, the problem with the 3-2-1 scoring is it widens out the standings and puts teams out of contention very early on. That's why leagues have never done it. That's why the NHLs looked at it a dozen times and said, no, we're not doing it because there is some value to having the standings packed together. So we'll, we'll see. I like the fact that we are willing to look at stuff and try stuff. I think that's always a good thing. Okay, we're jam-packed, as uh, JB has alluded to. Plenty to get into, including the Willie Nylander uh, contract. I think you've gone on record saying that you probably would have gone a different angle uh, with the core four in Toronto, including moving one of them for a defenseman. Do you feel that much more stronger on that side after watching Willie agree to a $92 million no-move contract? I have no problem with Willie Lena understanding a contract. I think it's inevitable. I said this. I'm still doing a radio show on Sirius XM every Friday. I said this two weeks ago. I don't see how they have a choice. Mm-hmm. When, you, when they committed to the core four and the no trades and the trade protection, I think they locked in a course of action, and Willie Nylander has delivered on his part of this. He's been outstanding, and not just this year. He was really good last year. So to me... I don't see, I said this on the radio two weeks ago, I said it again a week ago, I don't see where Bradshaw Living had any choice. I think the course of events we're on, and we followed since the Nylander got here, was all started under Kyle Dubas, and that's what's led to this problem, which I think is still a problem. I don't think, I don't see how it changes anything. They say the cap's going to go up. They just spent all that money extending Matthews 
and, and Nylander. And they're both good signing. I have no problem with any of it. But it, it has perpetuated this course of conduct that I objected to when it started. So I don't like people who object in real time or don't object in real time. They're after the fact they say, oh, it's, it's all screwed up. I said this in real time. When they signed Nylander, I thought it was a mistake. But I don't think they had a choice this time around. You know, we've talked about what that does to the Leafs, um, you know, next year where they have four guys making $11 million and more. Uh, John Tavares is the captain. He has a no-move clause. I believe you're on record as saying that you don't think it'd be fair to go to a guy like that and say, hey, you know, we'd be interested in moving you. Yeah, I, I think it's really, if you didn't give it to him, it's one thing. Yeah. But if you've given him a no, full no-trade, no-move, I think it would be unfair to go to him and ask him to move it, um, to, to breach that or somehow get out from under that if I had given it to him. Now, if I had not given it to him, I would be willing to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand a player that wants to stay in one place. I think at some point it come, a divorce is way more uh, a way more desirable result than insisting on sticking to a no trade, but not certainly for John Tavares. He's done his part of this. For sure. He's, he's played. You got to – the people that underperform, I think, you have the right to say they got to do something about John Tavares. I've never heard a fan say that, and I've never said it. I think he's a good player and a good person. He's been a good captain here. If you were in Brad Tree Living's shoes, would you have just waited out this contract to the, the end and maybe hang it over his head, or do you believe that it would have been a distraction? I, I think it would have been a distraction. I think someone would have signed him. I think he would have gone. I, I, you got to look at Will, Willie Nylander, what he's done as a player the last two seasons. His body of work's been terrific since he came into the league. You know, his dad played with, with you in Hartford. Um, so I go back way, a long way with the family. And I think that you could fault Willie Nylander's play a lot his first few years here. There's a lot of lack of commitment to defensive coverages, not, not enough effort some nights. But I don't think that's been a fair comment the last two years, and certainly not this year. This year he's actually putting himself in harm's way to make plays and score goals. So I, I think it's – I have no problem with it, none. So we are in our NHL hour, so I'll take that to Pittsburgh, if you don't mind, where you spent a few years there. Jake Gensel is a guy who is an unrestricted free agent coming up, making $6 million. His agent has made some noise about being willing to walk away, to move to whatever – where do you stand on, on the Gensel situation? Is he a guy that they, they've just spent a lot of money on a lot of players there? Can they keep a guy like that? Uh, I, I think they can keep Jake Gensel. I think they should, and I think they will. You like him? He's a great kid. Yeah. Like he's, a, he's, a, he's a hockey player. He's a born-to-be hockey player. His dad played, his dad coached, his dad's a longtime coach, scouts now for Arizona, I want to say. Um, this is a hockey family. This kid only knows one thing. He's a hockey geek. He watches games. He plays, plays hard. Um, he's a phenomenal goal scorer, and he's a tough kid. Like, he takes a beating. One thing that we didn't ever surround him with much toughness, um, and that was a philosophical thing from, from the coaching staff, what they, the way they want to play. But we never surrounded him with a lot of toughness, and he gets hit a lot. But he's a tough kid. He's a really good player, natural goal scorer. Sid loves playing with him. Uh, he's a great kid, so yeah, I think he's staying. Mike Sullivan didn't want to have a, a tough group around him? No. Hmm. For our listeners on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary, we got to ask if uh, all boats rise with the, the tide of Willie Nylander when it comes to uh, uh, Pedersen in, uh, in Vancouver. Lindholm, he's not having the year that he had prior, uh, but he needs a new contract. 
What, what do you do there, Berkey? Do you go race to get these guys locked in, or do you wait? I I, I think there's a real different set of circumstances between Nylander and, and uh, Lindholm. The one guy's tearing it up. The other guy's playing okay. You know, Lind, I like Lindholm. He's a good player, but he's not having the same year that Willie Nylander's having. And Willie had a great year last year as well, so... Um, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be in a big hurry to sign any of those guys right now. Okay, you got. You want to follow up there? No, no, no. I was going to change topic. I was, wanted to see if you had more there. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Where do you want to go? Uh, I was kind of thinking Cutter-Goche. Yes, okay. absolutely, Berkey. I, I'm not sure how well versed you are on this uh, trade last night between yep. the Philadelphia Flyers and Anaheim, where the Ducks sent Jamie Drysdale and a second round selection. Um, for Cutter Goche, who's a top prospect, just finished the World Juniors. And this one seems a little strange, but is it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Very weird. So my first thought is why the race to trade a prospect you really like if you're the Philadelphia Flyers to start? Okay, and I think the answer is really simple because they knew the, the story would leak. The fact is... Once you're told, once the team calls you in and says, we don't want to go come here, you're racing time now before everyone finds out. Because they tell their agent, they tell their best friend, they tell their roommate, and you know how no one can keep a secret on a team. So I'm amazed this secret held as long as it did. Once Philly was surprised of the fact that this player wasn't coming back, then you got to get whatever value you can for him. And I think they got great value for him. I like Drysdale a lot. He's been hurt a lot, but I think that'll work out over time. And a second-round pick is no small thing to throw in. But this is a guy who really tore it up for the U.S. junior team and had a great world juniors, which is a big stage. That's a big deal. So, to me, it's a high-value trade. I sent Pat for Beacon Oak. I love big deals. Mm. I love big deals. You used to get a big deal, and you'd say, that, how do we make it bigger? You know, that's Cliff Fletcher taught me. I'd say, okay, so you got you got Kiprios for Burke. That's a big deal. <laughs> two big-name players. How do we make it bigger? Let's put two firsts in. Or make it bigger. I love big deals. So I sent Pat for Beak a note. I said, I, I love big deals. And this is a yeah. big deal. Did you ever have a player say to you that they that you drafted, say that they did want to play for your team? No, not that I can remember. But it happened in Anaheim after I left. It happened with the, with the Schultz kid. Right, Justin Schultz. I want to ask you uh, the difference between a college kid and a junior kid. Because the, the junior kid, if he's not signed... Uh, after two years, if I'm not mistaken, goes back into the draft. Somehow, someway, a college kid, after four years, becomes an unrestricted free agent. Is that is that correct? Yes. That's a big difference. Well, it's not. It's only a handful of players that have stayed and played the four years and, and gotten free agency that way. Justin Schultz was one. Uh, Adam Fox was another. Yes. It's only, you're talking about maybe 15, 20 players. I know, but even for 15 or 20, like to to be able to pick where you want to play at 23 or 24 is way better than the junior route. Well, and, and it is, it's shown a distinct problem with the Canadian team. Yes. It's, that, that's, yeah. the, that's where, you know, like Adam Fox was a Calgary draft pick and Schultz was an Anaheim draft pick that didn't want to go to Anaheim. Um, but it was, you know, the, the Canadian flavor of this is is very real, so that's that's a big loophole. I know teams have complained about it, but I think I don't think it's worth right now with labor peace. I don't think anything's worth the work stoppage. You know what I mean? You say we got to fix that loophole. Yeah, fifteen guys. Yeah, 
there should be a compensatory draft pick at least. So the most insane part of this story to me is reading that uh, Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire went to talk to him after a game and the kid wouldn't even talk to them. Uh, they went to the World Junior Jones. Keith Jones went to the, to the World Juniors. He wouldn't even yeah. talk to them. Okay. okay. Not, not to in- interrupt no, 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 you. No, 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 please. But like, what do you know? Like, um, no, it's not what I know. I'm like, the guy's trying to win a gold medal. Like, he, he doesn't really want to talk about, you know, his future. That's a heavy conversation for a guy that's there to just try to win a gold I'm medal. I'm sure they'd have talked to him after the gold medal game. I'm sure they'd have hung around they, if he'd have but, talked then. But they tried. And he just doesn't want to. I just, that to me is such a bizarre I don't blame detail. him for not wanting to talk to anybody during the World Juniors. Okay, well, they, they, also went, they also went to his team to talk to him at Boston College, and he yeah, wouldn't I, even I, give him a I conversation. I think you're right. It's, it's fair game to say... I'm not talking during a tournament that's this important. But I think this this isolation was enforced way before that. I think he went to talk to him at Boston College and he said no. So he wanted out. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's Philly. I don't know what it is, but he wanted out. I mean, Drysdale is a nice and, piece to get back. And the Flyers have driven the point. You want out, you can get, we want you out. We don't want anybody that doesn't want to be yeah, here. Yeah, that's always been my view too. I might have one okay, conversation so, and say, give me a chance to talk about it, but you want out, yeah, start packing. Ex- except it's not really equal for everyone else because if Carter Hart woke up one day and said, I don't want to be here anymore, you're going to move him? Anybody that comes to you, Berkey, if six guys come to you, you're going to move them all? I, I don't think the precedent's necessarily set on, hey, you don't want to be here, we're going to move you out. That's not really an answer for me either. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying for a kid. Mm-hmm. For an unsigned draft pick, I'd say, you don't want to be here, um, we'll find you somewhere to go. Add some undue pressure to yourself as a player, too. I mean, all eyes on Cutter Goche now. So they got what they wanted out of that. Uh, Winnipeg, Vancouver, like huge stories in this country, Berkey, for what they've been able to do in a very short period of time, turning uh, their programs completely into a 180. Yeah, and, and you did it without the, the Winnipeg coach was missing for a month of that. Yeah. You know, like, and he's a good coach. Man. He still owes me 400 bucks. <laughs> Can we ask why? Yeah, I'll tell you why. When Bones, he rented my house. I had a townhouse in Vancouver. So we were living in Anaheim. We kept this townhouse in Vancouver, and Bones rented it. And he wrecked my my satellite dish. It cost me 400 bucks <laughs> to fix it. Bones, you owe me 400 bucks. But he's they missing the coach for a month of it and still put together this terror that they're, they're the stingiest team in the league to score on. Very stingy. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Well, and I mean, this is he's making NHL head coach money. You think the guy could send you an e-transfer now. We're gonna we're gonna try to get that squared away for you. We don't have a ton of time. I did want to ask about um NHL expansion. I've you know heard you say you talk a little bit about it in the past. Um, you know, one strength of the women's league right now is six teams, right? Like stars on every team. Stars on every team. It's fantastic that way. Yeah, and that's great. And so the league NHL has thirty two. Is it watered down? Do you like what happens here? Do you think they would ever expand again? Yes, I, I think they will dislocate their shoulders voting for expansion, oh which God. I think is really stupid. Like I think there's too many teams now, or not too many. There's just about enough. Okay, half make the playoffs, um, and then all but eight are out after one round. Like the math is daunting, but you got you just turn to your owner and say. You're due to win another cup every 32 years. You think the any of these owners, especially the newer guys, you think they understand that math? Because they don't. They think you should win every five years or four years or three years. Yeah. And so that's why you have such young GMs 
And that's why GMs get fired all the time is because the owners don't understand the math. You've been part of enough teams to understand revenues and, and profits and the $1 billion now label. And there's no question that a free market's not what it's worth. It's what it's worth to you. And if you can find a couple of billionaires willing to go there, good on you. But does the math add up for a lot of teams in our league where these things are worth a billion dollars? I look at Ottawa today. We all know Ann Lauer, 950 U.S., well above a billion dollars Canadian. And it's looking like he's going to miss the playoffs. Now it's just a matter of, how much money is he going to lose? I mean, is it realistic, Berkey, that these values can hold? Yes, because history has shown that they will. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was part of the Fenway Sports Group when they bought Liverpool. Now, this is all stuff that was reported to me at the time as it went along. I think I got the numbers right. I think they bought Liverpool for £388 million pounds from, uh, from the Gillette family at a distressed price. It was really down. I think they're in bankruptcy. And now the rumor is they've been offered five billion pounds for Liverpool. Pounds. Yeah. So roughly, I think, recently equivalent to a U.S. dollar. It's fluctuated since then. But at one point, they were pretty close to to par. But four or five billion pounds. You look at the appreciation of the Red Sox since the Fenway Sports Group bought it. So the fact of the matter is these assets have appreciated. You can't. You can't put this to paper and pencil and make it work, Nikki. You can't say, okay, if we sell 18,000 seats at $250 average price, then it doesn't add up to a billion dollars. You can't, you can't make the math work. It's all about appreciation of assets. Well, we'll never have to worry about that problem. <laughs> it's not an issue for me, I can it's tell you not that. out of our league. Yeah. Hey, Burke, you really appreciate you My coming pleasure. in. Thanks, Trevor, uh, good luck with the uh, PWHL moving forward. Yeah, We're going to watch with appreciate great interest. Thank you. Okay. Brian Burke, now current executive director of the PWHL. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a little bit more on the Flyers trade of Jamie Dreisaitl. We'll get some sound bites from Keith Jones, Daniel Briere, and even Torts. Remember Torts, Berkey? Remember? Yeah, good sound bites still. Just like you, pal. More with Real Kipper and Bourne after these words. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, our thanks again to Brian Burke. By chance, you're just joining us. That was awesome. You're dumb because you missed a really good segment with him. He was fantastic. So download it. Yeah, Find it. And in the meantime, we'll continue on, Sammy, with game time. It's game time, and I don't have my lineup in front of me. Just going to read this here. Uh, Oh, boy. What have you been doing for (laughs) 20 minutes? I got it. I got it. Oh, you want to read it? It's game time. I need a different sheet. Oh, no. Yeah, I got it. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Sorry, I was a little distracted there with the scribblings of a murderer (laughs) on this page. (laughs) Do not try this at home, people. Um, Uh, We are professionals. 
it's a long story as to why I don't have what I needed in front of me, but uh, I was just looking at the Leafs line for tonight because there's not many times that you will get as big a favorite as the Toronto Maple Leafs are on home ice tonight. Right. They're a minus 450 favorite. So minus 450? So mathlete here, yeah. what would that... If you bet $10, you can win $4.50. If you yes. bet... A hundred dollars, you would get forty-five dollars quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> essentially where it's at. Yes. So, <laughs> good time to bet the other side for a cheap amount. Here's what I'll say. I know the Leafs have been better against the bad teams in the last two games, but there are few opportunities like this one, out of conference, out of division. First game back from a Western road trip where everyone's told them how great they've played. Oh, you're setting them up to lose. Oh, well, listen, he's made a lot of good points here. This team, I don't know if anybody follows them closely around here, <laughs> has a propensity to let their foot off the gas in these kind of games. Post an $11.5 million contract. The other team has lost 11 in a row, looking to avoid 12 in a row. I Hungry in Toronto. I do think that the Sharks are so bad that they're like, it's not like they're the Sens or the or the Sabres, or one of these teams that are, like, kind of bad. They're just really bad, so they may be immune to this. But I would have a look at the Sharks, plus 350 So to, you bet 10 bucks, you win $35. I also think it might be interesting to look at, could you get Sharks plus 1.5 and, and still make money? Could you get them plus 2.5 at kind of even odds? You know, there's some chances there to I'm just, get I, goals and still The other thing I was looking at, but it's not posted yet, I was looking at a uh, Barabanov goal, which... Oh, God. Is something that, you know, it's not posted, unfortunately, but it will probably be later. Right, to the what game else time. you got for us? Uh, okay. Yeah. Enough for the Sharks. Okay. Uh, line up, please. We're good. <laughs> there you Thank go. You. Oh, uh, there you uh, go. That was game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, uh, if we went to... Uh, Back 24 hours, did you have any, did you have Vancouver like throttling the Rangers on home ice, Madison Square Garden? Not, I would say they could win, but not to the level they looked. Yeah. Like I was flicking back and forth to the national championship game and every time I went back, it was like they were in their zone. For me, that was a bit of a statement game and like Petey's licking his chops right now with his four points. Hoaglander goal were like, oh my, you know, yeah, four points last night. And he did the interview uh, pregame with our Sportsnet team, DA and crew, and they asked him about Truba coming, you know, is he someone you have your head out for, you know, your head up for? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. That guy kills people. He was very, I don't know, lighthearted and confident going into that game. Man's going to get paid. I was so impressed from top to bottom with their lineup. And if you just take a look at Tockett and the way he was able to manage all their ice time, and get so much out of the whole top to bottom roster, that that to me was a huge message. N- nobody nobody up front played longer more minutes than uh, nineteen thirty. You love this. Yeah, you, do you put love too much then, stock in that. No, I do not. Yeah, I love this. I'm talking about come April, everybody's shot out of a cannon. Nobody's going in limping. No one's going in a little tired. It's a big deal. I'm telling you, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, hey, it makes me want to do some, like, research on, you know, playoff success versus top guys' ice time. There's something there. Yeah. You've created homework for They're me. They're just 
Yeah, solid look. Yeah. Rolling four lines. Uh, and Rick Tockett, just looking at the odds here, we're not in game time anymore, is the big-time favorite to be the coach of the year. Plus 175 at this point to be the coach of the year. I'm, uh, why do we shrug you. off coaches behind the Winnipeg Jets bench on this? Yeah, I, I think why? you're right. Because I, Rick Bonus left for five weeks. Yeah, I don't care. They, good since they win returned. it together. Yeah. Then co-have it with Arneal. You know, for uh, Canadian fans, there's there's some hockey teams this year. We we got a couple of tickets in the lottery, I would say. Yeah, it's actually nice to go into the playoffs. You know, it's maybe you don't have Vegas and the Panthers okay. in the final again. Right. Want to follow up again the big trade with the Anaheim in Florida where Jamie Drysdale, a top 10 player in the draft, yep. was moved to the Philadelphia Flyers for another top 10 player in the draft, Cutter Goche. Plus, Anaheim gave up a second-round pick. Can you, first of all, explain to me how a top 10 pick from Anaheim who's got 120 games under his belt already? Yeah, and he's on a nice deal, too. It's pretty cheap. Gets traded for a top 10 pick who has no experience in the NHL and is still considered a prospect and the second rounder has to go to Philly. You know why? Interesting. They sold like, Cutter Goche at the absolute peak of the market. Post-World Juniors gold medal. He's never played a game in the NHL. But everyone just watched him be awesome against the best of his peers. So and, so, and so they called, or I saw something like 18 teams or something about this guy. They talked to a lot of teams. And so to me, yeah, they... They probably drove the price up, said they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to, who wants Cutter Goche? Good time to sell. We've got a few clips on this. Okay, let's, right. uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, your boy, jo- our boy Jonesy? We'll go with uh, the president of the Philadelphia Flyers on the big trade yesterday. Just for those of you that uh, aren't, haven't been following it that closely, Cutter Goche made it crystal clear to the Philadelphia Flyers he did not didn't even talk to him. Did not want to sign with the Philadelphia Flyers, and he had no future there. Thus, the trade. Yeah, he didn't want to be a Flyer. So we had to, you know, come up with a plan. And fortunately, we were able to execute on that plan. His value would never be higher than it was after the World Junior Championships. Um, It was only going to decrease if the word got out there. Uh, I have to give a lot of credit to the people that we were negotiating with that they kept this quiet. Uh, It could have become a much more difficult situation. So the other general managers, presidents around the league were outstanding in keeping this a private matter. Pretty tough to do that these days. Yeah, and the leverage starts to change in that case. So uh, you don't want to be a flyer. You're not going to be a flyer. And uh, we were very pleased in the return that we got, a player that we coveted. Yeah. I I love Jonesy just is still talking like he's the analyst. He lays it out there, yeah. Like, that's just like, that's something an analyst would say. Yeah, very thorough. I don't... uh... I would have handled it differently if I was Jonesy and Daniel Briere. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't have moved on it that quick to be honest with you. Yep, look at that. You just said the return they got yourself was like above what you would expect to get. You know, like what are you going to get that's better? I don't know, but uh first of all, the fact that 
Anaheim threw in the second rounder so quickly on Jamie, uh, Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale. Drysdale, sorry. Uh, means that they weren't that high on him. Yeah, I do okay. think that that definitely they, stands they out to me too. don't think he's going to be a Play. top defenseman, top producing defenseman. And I know that Anaheim thought he was undersized to begin with. Yeah. And if you're not going to... if if you're not going to be a top-producing kind of Evan Boucher, Bouchard, yeah. Bouchard, I got my name so I got you. mixed up. Yeah, you're good. If you're not going to be a Bouchard type of producer yeah. at that size, then you know we're we're moving on. I, you know, I say this all the time on this show. You know, the team knows first about these prospects, and I have seen it in the American League long enough. When someone who's a big name but isn't that great, mm. they know. First, and I think this should happen more. I think teams, yeah. and this uh, people are going to hate the way this sounds. I think teams should give up on players quicker because everyone falls in love with their own prospects because their scouts drafted them, yeah. and everyone's there's six layers them in of development guys saying, camp. Let's just wait another. Let's wait exactly. another year. There, there's but some, the team knows first. See, you know, I call BS on that because no, because <laughs> first of all, there's some talk that this guy could be the next JT Miller type of power guy. Who? Goche. Cutter? Goche. Yeah. I'm Cutter. talking about Drysdale. Yes. Anaheim knows but, 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 that what he so, is. So, or, so or what let's he's flip be. the switch on you then. Okay. Philadelphia. They why? can't keep him. They just want to play there. You, you First of all, uh, there's no gun to their head. They had two more years with him, with his rights. Two more years. Okay? But he's, he's probably able to play in the NHL now, Kip. He's going to come out next year. He'll play for Anaheim. That's right. And if you want to sign a potential contract that can earn you $10 million, I've got it right now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, well, maybe I'm going to make you wait for two years. Sure. And that's another decision yeah, that yeah, the yeah. kid has to make. Yeah. You can, you, they sure they could have yeah, leaned harder two on Two years. They didn't have one month. Yeah. Like, why the race? Because they're worried about a secret coming out? Okay. The kid doesn't want to sign right now. We still have Who cares? rights. Does, yeah. does that, I've got him for two more years. I don't care if people know that he doesn't want to sign right now. Maybe he will in the well, summer. Well, that's how you end up with the second then. You, they say, listen, you, I know you don't have to move him. We'll throw in a second with Drysdale to do it now. They would have thrown in two seconds maybe for yeah. this kid. I mean, yeah, it, it's possible. I see your point that they had the option to kind of Control the kid's career a little so bit. So wh- wh- why the press to go to Sweden and well and, and get him to talk? You know, well, let's say, well, first off, they got with it a good return. They they think they you know they got a good player in a second if, round if pick. Drysdale turns out to be, to be a, a 65, 70 point guy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. The other thing is, you know, it's possible that this relationship Breer's not a quick fix for them. He just got hired. He's going to be there. And Jones is going to be there for a while. And it's possible these relationships are badly damaged. And they want him gone. And they don't want to deal with him. I got to tell you. They're potentially just offended, deeply offended where it's not. Bye-bye. Well, didn't didn't one of their presidents or somebody say, like, you know, people throw batteries at. They they said something in terms of the treatment that he's going to get when he comes back. And I'm like, you don't even have to mention that sort of stuff, do you? I don't know if you have to mention it or not, but I knew nothing about Cutter Goche yesterday. And today yeah. I've watched enough interview clips and read enough about him that I got to tell you, don't like him. <laughs> I don't. I don't like, he wouldn't talk 
to Keith Jones. He wouldn't fine if you're talking about the World Juniors. He wouldn't talk to Patrick Sharp and John that, Leclerc. That's, that's a mistake like on just, his part. That's immaturity so on his part. It is. And I'm not saying that I've written him off forever and he can't change, but you will look back at that being 19-year-old and not being a man and just saying, here's why I don't. They don't know Kip. They don't know why he doesn't want to be a flyer. Just tell which, him why. Which is, which is okay. Which is okay. No, it isn't. It's okay that they don't no, know it's why. Okay. Yeah, it's okay to not know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not signing. I may never sign. I'm not ready to sign right now. It's okay. We've got two years, but like, hey, maybe he thinks Tortorella's a dirtbag. Maybe he doesn't Tell like the then. city. Whatever the case is, you don't ever have to have it come out. You can't. You don't all, have all, to. But all I that think... has to come out is, I'm not. I'm not ready to sign with you right now. I'm not ready, and it may never be. And I'm not sure where I see my future, but that's fine. Then he could have that conversation, right? He could he could have said that I'm not ready to sign right now. Thank you for coming and, to watch and, me play. These are his rights, of course. Like they for are people now to sit there and say, "Oh, like this guy's going to get ripped when he comes in," and uh, he should like and and they they go and find Kevin Hayes and they they blame him Bastardy. because there's a, a report that Kevin Hayes talked to him and maybe talked him out of something. It's absurd. Which is absurd. It's absurd. Which is absurd. Yeah, I know the kid has his rights. But he should just tell them whatever is happening. All he did was people. exercise his rights to say, I'm not signing. It's not all he did. He wouldn't even talk to the people. It's his right not to talk to them. And it's their right to think he's a jerk for not talking to them. I know. I, I, I'm not suggesting that you don't, you have no rights to take this stance and just move them off right away. Right. I just don't think I would have done it this early. I see your point that they could have sort of tried to get him in the lineup. But it, you know, if they were like, all right, this guy is a Sidney Crosby loving, you know, he <laughs> did, did, Tortorella hating, doesn't want to be here kind of guy, and they felt they got more than ample return, I don't see the point in hanging on either. Yeah. So. so let me ask you this. Like, say that secret gets out. Like, oh, Cutter Goche wants out. And then, you know what the first question is? Everybody sits there and goes, why? But then, like, how much? There's going to be so many teams that are interested in him. Does it really torpedo his value that much, knowing he wants out? Like, you're still going to be able to create a bidding war for this guy. There's going to be, like you said, there's 18 to 20 teams that were interested. Like, if if it gets out that he wants out. Second rounder in, like, it was nothing. Mm -hmm. It should have been one for one. Yeah. So... yeah, I, I definitely, that made me skeptical of Drysdale's value now. Like, the, when I saw that and they were willing yeah. to move on, I went, oh, they must think he's not whatever. Um, we have more quotes on it. Do you want to hear what yeah. Torts is? Uh, or yeah, well, let's see. It's uh, Torts clip one there, Derek, about his, his thoughts on Cutter Gauthier. Danny said that Cutter didn't want to play here in Philadelphia and didn't want to play for the Flyers. What's your reaction to that? Then we don't want you. I believe you've met Cutter Goche before. Were you surprised that he... I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall, you know? So, And I'm not too interested in talking about him. I'd rather talk about Jamie. He's the guy that's coming here. Love Torts. But yeah. That's a... He's, he's going for the sound bite. He's, that's Torts' way of making sure that the Flyer fans, you know, get all... Riled up. Riled up on it. But it's not that it's not a great I agree. It's a little it's classless. Just, yeah, it's a little classless on, on Torts' part. I don't think he owes that kid anything. No, he doesn't. But he can also say, Hey, um I coach the guys that they provide for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he could take a little bit of a high road. Yeah. Torts could say things gentler. 
breaking it, you know. Yeah. Five, but you know, we're now but, year 30 of this. Yeah. He probably could be a but little. If he, <laughs> if he does, we don't feature him on our show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and here yeah. he is. He's not making a Kipper's Clipper. Torts hour. Uh, do you want to do the Briere one to, to just kind of round sure. it out? Close it yeah, out. we'll sure. finish off with the Briere. Looked at us at the draft and told us he was built to be a flyer, wanted to be a flyer, and then a few, maybe a few months later, told us that he didn't want to be a flyer, didn't want to play for the flyers. So uh, in our mind at first, we, we said we have to protect him. We have to, because uh, if he changes his mind again, um, you know, and it's out there that he doesn't want to play, it's going to be tough for him um, to put the uniform on. Uniform on. Um, you know, but uh, when we realized that they refused to talk to us now, it's been months, and he didn't want to be a flyer, didn't want to be in Philadelphia, um, it, it was time to make it happen. The only thing I want to say lastly on this whole thing is for me personally, the we're really, really insulted play was just a little over the top for me. Yeah. Keep Couldn't it, agree more. Keep it professional. Couldn't agree right? more. The guy's got rights, yeah. doesn't have to sign. Let's all be adults in the room here. I agree. But I will say, I'm happy it happened to Philadelphia because I'm excited for how they're going <laughs> to, for the reaction he's going to get. They won't, they won't remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm they're very not, they're excited not, they're for They're not this. mean there. Good storylines. Like, and especially. Thank in, God he went to the docks. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially now with these kids and all of them know how the salary cap works and they know uh, what their rights are. He's not going to be the. They're going to come a little faster and faster of players knowing exactly what their rights are and how quickly can I pick a, a new place to play. And if I go down that path, then you guys have to deal with it. But I know my rights. And yeah. if I choose this path, is every team now going to be and, and, and rile up their fan base to treat the guy like dirt when he comes in because all he's done yeah. is exercise his rights? Yeah. They don't, they don't want. He doesn't want to play for you. He doesn't want to wear your jersey. He doesn't want to be in that city, and they're going to okay. boo him, and that's perfectly fine. That's <laughs> all sports fandom is. He doesn't I'm want to be on our team. I'm the Neanderthal on this show, that, not you. Sports are. Sports are. Boo them, yay us. You don't be on our team, boo you. That's I'm the, all this is. I'm the adult in this conversation right well, now. What? I, I don't know. We can move on from it, but I just... I, he's going to get booed. I personally love booing people. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm going to spend way too much money on yeah. a ticket to see the LA Dodgers to boo Otani. To boo Otani. Like, yeah. I like booing people. I agree. But don't throw anything. No, I won't. I won't. No. Only a, maybe I'll throw a bird up. That's all I'll throw. A couple all birds. Right. Uh, did you go for coffee or did you listen to our conversation <laughs> earlier with Brian Burke? I did a little bit of housekeeping work while I was sitting out there listening. Uh, but yeah, I listened to it. I. Loved a lot of what you guys talked about. Thought the Mike Sullivan stuff was very interesting that you brought up when I came in here. And I love the PWHL contact talk. Mm -hmm. I really did. Um, because I've talked about this with you guys off air. I'm telling you, it's, it's inevitable we're going to see some fights. Well, I, that's to me what the difference between when you watch Canada versus the U.S. play women's hockey, when it's at its absolute apex, when it's the most intense, the intensity and the hate for each other is what makes hockey hockey. And a lot of these other leagues that have not worked didn't have the contact, they didn't have the intensity, they didn't have the hate. And throughout this first, I don't know how many games have been played, I've seen snippets of probably three or four games that have been on TV, and they're nailing each other. And mm -hmm. there's contact, and there's scrums after the whistle, and there, there's going to be real rivalries. 
that's how you build popularity with a league. Yeah. Because hockey's hockey. Like, there's still, like, you know, it's just the contact's very important, and I think it's smart for them to go with it. You know, I, I asked, I kind of mentioned to Berkey in, in passing the visor thing. You know, the reason the NHL doesn't want players to wear full cages is just visibility, right? They want superstars. They want people yeah. to know who they're looking at. Because there's no doubt the cage makes more sense. I played in the cage in college. You can see just fine. It's much safer. Yeah. It's great. Um, I broke my jocks. I didn't have one on playing pro hockey. But I, uh, th- I, there's, um, there's advertisers that have hated the, the lack of visibility in a hockey game for, with for visors. players without visors with just the helmet on. I, it's, it's hard to, to get a good, clean look at, at, at the person unlike a... a Basketball. Yeah. Well, basketball is the best one possible. Most visibility. Because yeah. you're wearing like you're wearing basically pajamas. Yeah. But even but, though, but I do wonder if even the, Tom the Brady women will eventually wear Tom Brady visors. spends half half the game with his helmet off on the sidelines, and they go to him a thousand times. Right. The vis- visibility is yeah, has been same very thing, right? difficult at the NHL level. Yeah. yeah. And and I wonder if there'll be pressure eventually for the women to to wear visors. All right. Are we out of time? Obviously, it's dumb. To wear a visor versus a cage. I don't know. Uh, I got a yeah. count on I, our time, and I yeah, hear no yeah, music. Yeah. Well, See, I got slapped. I got hit in the face with the puck playing. There it is. In a visor. I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm going cage, by the I'm way. All right. I did. Jason Demers, thank you very much in the first hour. Brian Burke in studio. Always a pleasure talking to Berkey, getting his thoughts. Thanks for watching and listening. If you give us a, a rating and a review, if you get a chance, we'd love to hear from you. Everything that... JB's doing wrong or Sammy if he's cutting in on us too much we want to hear from you (laughs) (laughs) well they say that all right 10 games on tap tonight with the exception of the Montreal Canadiens I think all the Canadian teams are on board here for a great night and we're going to be back here tomorrow to wrap up the night of the National Hockey League enjoy it everybody